Hey, welcome to my basement, everybody. Look who I've got in the basement today. Two friends, two parts of the family of Electric Playground. Jose Sanchez is here. Don Fubar himself. <sighs> Hold for applause. And Bear Safi is here. Oh, my God. He's got a, his own signage. That's amazing. And Bear Safi is here. And we're going to subtitle this podcast. We're going to figure everything out for the video game industry because that's what we're going to talk about, right? We're going to solve As all usual. the dilemmas and the yep. problems. Just like every we're the experts, other goddamn <laughs> podcast you're listening to that knows how to run the business better than the people that are running their business. I, I thought we should definitely talk about stuff that's happening because obviously the uh, Xbox business unit or business strategy podcast, how lame BSP. <laughs> to make a, a podcast about their business strategy BSP. happened this week that's what we've got to guys we've got to the point where they have to have a business strategy to calm the fears of the super fans out there everybody well, relax we're gonna take care of business in a van <laughs> down by the river <laughs> It's business time. I just like fl flight of the Concords, man, coming right back. All right. So uh, Xbox went on record. Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond and Matt Booty uh, came, uh, sat with T Tina Amini, and they all did a really nice job at hitting all the points. It was very, you know, scripted and well thought out and, and uh, you know, expertly marketed to. They didn't divulge anything that they weren't supposed to about games that are coming up or consoles that are coming up. All this tantalizing tidbits that they did drop were pretty cool, though. And they talked about the 34 million subscribers to Game Pass. They talked about... Wow. Oh, what's happening? He's freaking out. He started, oh. talk, he started talking about oh. Xbox, and then we Wait. lost him. He started... <laughs> they sensed they he, sensed he was saying things. He said, what? What? don't divulge any secrets, Victor. Uh, it's it's <laughs> my... It's my cam link. I've used it too much. I, I think I have to get a new one. But they talked what, about the, that was all green too. Did you see the yeah, green Jose? Right? That was I saw I know. Xbox. That was the color <laughs> scheme was perfect. X Xbox hacked in. No, no, they talked about the 34 million subscribers. <laughs> they talked about the uh the fact that they've got four games that they've been that they've already published that Phil Spencer actually called smaller games, which I thought was a little bit of a misnomer there, but they're coming to other consoles. They're picking up the strategy for that. Uh, and they really kind of, you know, beat the drum on the idea that Xbox Play Anywhere was their strategy before, and it continues to be their strategy. Jose, what did you think of uh, the messaging? And did you know what they were going to say? Did you predict all of that? Were you surprised by anything that they had to say? I mean, nothing. It was the 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 rumors were you know they're going to be releasing stuff to other consoles, uh, so that wasn't very much a, a surprise. Uh, the fact that they're keeping us waiting, it's like just tell us it's going to be Sea of Thieves. Tell us it's going to be like grounded, you know, like give us the game. So like, you don't have to wait two months to be like, oh, we were, we were like, Halo's coming to PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> this this small game, <laughs> this small franchise, you want to branch out to other consoles? Halo, yeah. Um. No, I mean it's it was just sort of like a hey guys, you know we're we're still in this thing. Don't count us out just because all these numbers are coming out that PlayStations are outselling Xboxes every month and woo. And now you're going to be able to play Xbox games on those PlayStations, so get yourself ready. You're going to be crazy. What are people going to do? Lose their mind? It's just going to be games that are like they're going to be like yeah, sorry, it's a Call of Duty. Um, it's going to be, you know, these big games that you already expected to be on PlayStation and Madden, like, oh, great. Yeah. Like what? That's, that's different. 
Uh, yeah, so no, nothing too surprising. Again, when you don't say anything, everything is speculation, right? Yeah, that, that was one of the things that was a little frustrating with the business development podcast. I don't even know what they, BDS. They, they didn't BDS really, they didn't really <laughs> reveal yes, stuff, you know, and so now <laughs> there is more speculation and there is more, you know, confusion, I think, out there a little bit about what the the, the totality of this message is going to mean, you know, are we going to go deeper into the catalog? Bear, what did, what did you think? Did did they hit all the points that you expected? Did you want more? Were you satisfied with their response? Yeah, I mean, first impression was that, you know, this did not seem like a celebration. You know, this seemed like right. they were trying to address all this crazy, you know, Twitter madness. And there was more of a damage control type of podcast. And I'm not sure if, I'm not really even sure if this was the right format to do it. But I do have to give Microsoft some kudos for even yeah. coming out and addressing it. And 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 being transparent because you know my friend of mine made a good point yesterday when I was talking to him about this is like would Nintendo and Sony have done the same thing would they have really come out in this style of format and right. been this transparent about their future business endeavors and I do have to give Microsoft points on that. However, you know I think what comes up to everyone's minds is right now it's four games that are coming to the other consoles right and of course Minecraft has always been shared amongst all the platforms. But what does right. this mean for the future? Is this just the first step of the inevitable? Is this the first step of what Jose was saying with Halo coming to PlayStation? That's kind of the conversation that this all starts, right? And this is what's kind of coming into and our mind is like, is shut the, the door on that, the did they? They did not. They, they not, did on Indie, though. No, they, no Indie PlayStation. No <laughs> Indie Starfield for you. you. You know those <laughs> yeah. are coming in 2025. No, you know that they, the, they, no. they are coming. Bill yeah. said no. <laughs> no, I, I think yeah, you're right, I, Bear. I, I think they didn't. They It's opened the door to more questions, but that's okay, right? That's part of the fun of this business, right? That doesn't stand still. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think uh, again, I, I think a lot of people just didn't get a great feeling from what came out of this with, you know, I don't even know if Sarah Bond and Matt Booty were the right people to join join Phil Spencer on this. I almost feel like this mm. should have had a bit more of a personal one-on-one -on -one type of, it felt very PR-y, you know, and the fact right. that they were trying to, you know, sprinkle in some good things here and there to keep people happy, you know, Diablo 4 coming out to Game Pass on March 28th and little details like that, you know, yep. just kind of shows that they were trying to keep player bases happy and trying to keep us moving because, again, this did not feel like, you know, such a big celebration. I know new Xbox hardware coming out at the end of the year, apparently being announced at the end of the year. Sorry, it's probably the rumored digital series X that a mm -hmm. lot of people have been talking about, but we don't know. You know, they're they're already talking about the next generation. The question that comes up to my mind with all of this and why I'm so passionate about this discussion is, you know, what does this really mean for the Xbox brand as a whole? You know, does, does this right. mean that we're right. just gonna see Xbox just really turn into Game Pass or turn into Windows as a live service? You know, I, I always think. You know, if any of you guys are out there who are retro game collectors, you know, we, we go back to the PS3 and 360 era and, you know, there was multi-platform games on those, both those systems. And most of them ran better on the 360. But for whatever reason, the PS3 versions of those games are still much more expensive in the secondhand market, even though Sony doesn't support backwards compatibility or any of that. And that all has to do with brand affinity, right? It has to do with, with the brand that Sony has created, the following 
And I feel like in the last five, 10 years, because Microsoft has not been having those software hits, you know, like mm -hmm. we got to have the discussion of the fact that Starfield might be what led the, the, you know, kind of the bombing of Starfield. I don't want to say bombing, but you know, the, the, the unpleasant yeah, under, numbers. Yeah. Underperforming, yeah. right? Underperforming. Yep. It's, it's probably why, why we're having this conversation in the first place right now, right? If well, it's, it's a market share conversation. It's a market share conversation. Like they, they, they just don't have the numbers on the consoles that the other two have. And they are quick to recognize that that's not going to happen unless they carry through on the strategy of acquiring all of these developers and and tying that to game pass and day and date kind of deliveries. And I think they're reconciling that there is a path around th this idea of friction and choices that people have to make before they play. And they're very much looking at the Netflix model. I mean, we've been saying this for years and famously Reed Hastings on Netflix made the 11th hour decision to not release hardware and said, no, we're going to put our our um, app on every device out there. And that catapulted Netflix to, uh, you know, the stratosphere. And I, I think Xbox has been using even the brand of Xbox as a way to bring people in to play games. But they're recognizing, as Matt Booty pointed out, that there are super uber brands in gaming like Fortnite and Roblox and many others that exist outside of the confines of a console. And I think about Rock Band. I think about Rock Band all the time in this space and how cool and, and uh, you know, inclusive the Rock Band experience was and what held it back was that you had to tie it to a console and you had to work with the parameters of whatever machine you were on. And if somebody owned a guitar for the Xbox and that didn't work on the PlayStation and you didn't have all the instruments, it was a pain in the ass. And now Epic has brought the harmonics team to bring out the uh, Fortnite festival using a lot of the mechanics, a lot of the learning, even some of the instruments from the rock band days. And it's platform agnostic. That, that is a case of a game that should have been play anywhere. It was bigger than the consoles. And that's what's happening now with games in general. They're bigger than the machines. They should be able to be played everywhere. The Steam Deck is showing that every freaking day. The Steam Deck is also showing how incredibly valuable the retro world is, you know, not to mention all of these Chinese uh, uh, hardware devices that come preloaded with games and all that stuff. The retro community is incredibly in important. And I think the other message that was sprinkled in there, and that's why I tweeted out backwards compatibility uh, the other day, just that, is that Xbox has been a pretty big investment, uh, you know, uh, investor in figuring out ways to bring people the, this classic software. And I think it's incumbent on them now to double down on that, especially if their idea is to bring everybody to this service rather than this piece of machinery. You know, they need to be able to not only yeah. just offer this material through the Xbox, but it needs to be this pr true preservation. And I hope that that's what they're investing in now. You know, like, how do you yeah, get respect. people to all of this Res stuff? Yes. Respect is the word that Phil used. That was, you yeah. know, the, the, the word respect almost felt like, you know, that they're going to be looking into it. It won't be their primary <laughs> focus, but it's something that they're going to be, you know, kind of gonna doing to make people decline. happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that was that was the, the exact word that Phil, yeah. Phil used during that. But Vic, we got to talk about the fact that, you know, what has 
X, what big hit has Xbox had in the last, even say five years that yeah. has been just the commercial success? Because, you know, the other argument that I, you know, not to play a devil's advocate here, but just, you know, why isn't Spider-Man 2 coming onto the Series X or why isn't Nintendo doing the same thing as Microsoft here? You know, it's, it's clear that, you know, Microsoft is almost kind of, I don't want to say giving up, but they are almost kind of relinquishing the banner and an understanding that, you know, they're not going to be able to move units with the software sales they have. Personally, if this was a hardware battle, which I understand it is not, I yeah. actually truly believe that Microsoft and the Xbox team, they have the infinity gauntlet right now and all they have to do is snap, right? They've bought out Activision, they bought out Blizzard, they have Obsidian, Bethesda, Arcane, the list goes on. It's it's absolutely insane the talent that they have. Yep. If they wanted to win the hardware battle against Sony, I personally think they have the capability to do that. If you make Call of Duty exclusive on the Xbox platform, that is going to push a lot of hardware units. And it's not going to happen right away. It's going to be a marathon. But I, I do think that that would help the Xbox brand in the long term where players will be excited and proud to be playing on the Xbox platform once again. Do we all remember the term only on Xbox? Yeah. When I feel like when when Xbox was the most successful, which was the 360 era, I think that was when they were at their peak and they were beating Sony up until the very end of that generation. Yep. The term we heard the most in every E3 conference was only on Xbox. And that, I feel like, created a lot of brand affinity. I know I'm using that word a lot during this conversation, but that yeah. did make a lot of the Xbox fan base very proud to be playing on their machine and be proud to be on their ecosystem. And we're losing a bit of that. And I we're feel struggling like that's something on, that... We're struggling on PlayStation with that too, though. You know, it's not like PlayStation is is releasing the amount of bangers that they did in the PS3 and PS4 right. uh, generation. You know, they're, they're releasing 10 million units games. for Spider-Man 2. 10 million units for Spider-Man 2 is pretty damn impressive for how long that Absolutely. game's been out. Like it's, it's, they're moving, and you they're know, moving numbers. And you know the, the, the news that came out this week about PlayStation is that it's not going to hit its sales numbers and that they're in the latter half of its lifespan and that they're also looking at releasing day and date on multiple formats. And frankly, Spider-Man is the perfect example. This is a, a character that Sony also owns in film form. And they don't want to hold that tethered in to exclusive relationships. If you look, you'll see Spider-Man on Netflix. You'll see Spider-Man on Amazon. And, on, you know, you can buy it on Apple. And it's it's basically available everywhere. And that's how you create this, this affinity that for the properties as opposed to the hardware. And I think Sony is definitely looking at that. They're also talking, uh, you know, there's rumors that they're coming out with some kind of handheld device. And I'll be shocked if it's not also a PC uh, that lets you load in Steam and um, Epic stuff, uh, as is Xbox thinking about that. There's a lot of lessons that are being learned right now some of them tied to how expensive it is to make these games, how long we have to wait for these games, how expensive they cost for consumers, and how many different things are vying for people's attention out there. Helldivers 2 is another an amazing lesson that that Sony is learning yeah. right now, you know? Um, so yeah, and I, I feel like I, I feel like we are, you know, I think there's less incentive for Sony to publish on Xbox because of that low install base. But I also think that games are becoming more than the box that they're played on. 
I, I feel like That's the right. idea that this material is completely transportable and you can stream it, you can, you know, share it, you can broadcast it. I think we're minutes away from, uh, you know, I mean, I think we have this in some capacity already where you can watch streams of games and then press a play now button. And Stadia was, you know, certainly going down that route and and we didn't quite get there with that. But uh, I, I think we're very close to a lot of explosive growth with games as an artistically, culturally impactful medium that really stretches beyond the boundaries of whatever these machines can get to with install base. And Nintendo is a separate industry. Nintendo isn't in the video game industry. They're in the Nintendo yep, industry. Yep. They make yeah. <laughs> so many, you know, yep. uh, first party titles in a year. None of the other companies can keep up with that. They cannot. They don't they don't scale in that direction. They spend 50 times the amount of money probably on the software that they make for their games or, you know, 20 times or whatever, but they're so massive and epic in scale and so state of the art. Nintendo doesn't play that. They say, no, you know what? We're state of our art and we are, we make our thing and we know our audience and they double down on that. And this time with the switch, it really, really worked. And a, a part of that equation, million switches. 150 yeah. million, some crazy number like that, right? But yeah. I feel like Nintendo and Sony really understand that software sales will push the hardware. Not that hardware sales are everything, but I want to talk to Jose about this too. You know, I, you know, we are, we can't, got to be transparent that we are going through a bit of a, a tough time in the game industry. There's been a lot of layoffs, a lot yes. of yeah. projects canceled. It's, it's really, it's not a happy time right now. And, you know, the conversation needs to be is like, what what's going to be the next video game boom, you know, and and I think the conversation has to go back to kind of being around AI and and unfortunately, people using AI tools to yeah. help with game production costs and reducing the Assassin's Creed team from 300 people to possibly 100 people, you know, those, this is what we might see in the next five years or less to really help more of these titles to come back. Exactly what Vic was talking about with going back to the PS3 era where Sony was having maybe three to four hits a year rather than just one a year. So yeah, I, I wanna, I'm curious to know what, what you think about that, Jose. I mean, it's it's such a weird time. Like there's gonna be a phase in the game industry when it's like, these were clearly the, the AI generation of games. Like we had AI mm -hmm. design these games and it shows. Like it didn't have that human element you know, that that touch yeah. that was needed, that flair, that stupidity sometimes that we get from like, who the hell thought this was going to be a good Dave? <laughs> Dave thought it was going to be a good idea. And he wrote it into the story. Classic Dave. Um, you know, it's, uh, but again, it's such a funny thing, like going back to, you know, Xbox releasing the their four titles. It could it, like this could be a, the double edged sword is like, what if these they don't release the, the hits? You know, like they release some games that people are like why why would i want to play this like like give me the the things that i want from xbox that i couldn't play before so that mm -hmm. i only only on xbox give me that experience that i can only have there that's not like uh i mean because you know it's not going to be anything that's like we're not going to get that forza i'm not going to get that forza release on playstation <laughs> right away because that's like ooh, that's gonna you're gonna see gran turismo is gonna be like wait guys hold the phone <laughs> we're still doing our yeah. thing with the cars let's let's let them have that <laughs> Um, so I feel that's, like it could, that's it a great could go point. both ways. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be like you're going to have those companies that have that that the rivalry games on each console, 
that are going to be like, well, we don't, we don't really want that on our console just yet. Like, let's test the waters with some other things. But then if they underperform, why is Xbox going to be like, well, shit, we should go ahead and we should go ahead and put the Halos and the Forces and the games that are the only on Xbox, like driven experiences on these other consoles. And that, that could hurt at the end of the day, you know, like it could be not if you if you release a game and it's like, cool, you got like 100,000 downloads in a year. Damn it. Well, we're not going <laughs> to test the waters on this anymore. We had to get the team to work. The strategy you know what, guys? Xbox is a publicly traded company. It, it has shareholders. It, it's not going to be these four games that prove out that they need to publish on other platforms. It's going to be Call of Duty. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, how much money did oh, yeah. Call of Duty make Microsoft because it was on PlayStation and potentially Nintendo. And then their shareholders are going to say, well, why aren't we doing this all the time? And when you break down the messaging, you know, Matt's talking about these games that that track beyond their console and their, their you know, tentpole experiences. And certainly Call of Duty qualifies as that, you know, like Call of Duty is is like a... It's like Kleenex, you know, so for a lot of people that is video <laughs> games, you know, just like Mario is video games for a lot of people. Uh, but Halo is the one that is Xboxes. And that is also a brand, especially with the television show out there, that you want on on everybody's lips. And it hasn't been able to get on everybody's lips in the way that it used to because of an install base on a, a physical architecture. And honestly, like I, I am a huge fan of physical collection and all of these different devices. And I've always been a, you know, agnostic. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally get that. But the amount of machines that have been collected now in the history of video games is unbelievable. It's so much just physical space. And then each one of them comes yeah. with a huge library of physical things as well. And I think Xbox is looking at the... Uh, you know, the the practicalities of all of this and the opportunities that exist with those practicalities. And they're thinking beyond the box. And that's that's what's so anachronistic and interesting about this whole brand, this Xbox as a brand, you know, yeah. because they're thinking mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, diminishing the impact or the importance of the box in a lot of ways. I think PlayStation is going to think similarly. And the first thought I had when the news hit that PlayStation 5 is is sort of uh, trailing on on the, the projections and not not hitting the the, the sort of uh, the amount of machines that they want to sell, the very first thought I had is like, you know what would have really, I think, helped propel interest in the PlayStation 5 is if you could take any disc that you have for any generation of PlayStation off of your shelf and pop it into the machine and it would work and it would be improved. And what that would say Polymega. to a long time, pardon me? <laughs> Polymega it, you know, like yeah. throw it in. And it- <laughs> I mean, just for the PlayStation, you talk about brand equity and brand affinity. I mean, how, how happy would that have made players that have been with this brand forever? Because conceivably, this is the last generation where disc drives really are important, you know? And if the PS5 was the catch-all, if it was that device where... You could pop in a PS3 game and it's, you know, the frame rates boosted or something like that. And it's a, a give back to the base that's been there the whole way and also addressing any kind of 
you know, quieter periods in a console's lifespan because of these expensive development costs, that would have been a slam dunk, I think, you know, and I think a lot of people would have picked up on that news. It would have spread out there. I think there's lots of people out there that float in and out of games, but they maintain their libraries because they're reading the news of the value of things. And they have very few ways to access that content on current technology unless they get a polymega, which has been difficult to pick up, or they, they have to like be like experts to dig in to figure out how to play these things yeah. on modern machines or modern televisions, especially if their old hardware has uh, you know ceased to work or whatever, you know. And and here was an opportunity for Sony, much like Xbox has done with its platform, to celebrate its whole history. And I think that would have been incredible. And I think it will also yeah. be the most enormous misstep if Switch 2 isn't backwards compatible with the Nintendo Switch. I mean, for me, like, I have the disc PlayStation 5. I have yeah. the, mm -hmm. the Xbox Series X with this. You know how many physical games I have for each of those? Zero. I have zero yeah. physical games for my yeah. PS5 <laughs> with the Like, I'm, I have this disc <laughs> slot. Can I throw in one of my old, like, it, 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 make it the value of, like, you can buy the digital experience, it's the same thing. But if you have yeah. the one that has the physical disc component, you should be able to put my old discs in there because I don't have any of your current physical discs. There's no physical media. I bought the Spider-Man 2 collector's edition. I bought Spider-Man 2 collector's I still haven't played Spider-Man 2, but I bought the collector's edition. It came with a steel case and a code for the game. If you're yeah. send me the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on, like, if you're going to... I just and what honestly, am I, what am I supposed to put in this case? There's no and honestly, give me a I'm like a, I, I'm a, a proponent of all of it, and I think that there should be a, a consumer uh, choice out there, and collectors should be able to collect. But uh, certainly, these very smart business people at Xbox are looking at the way things are right now and recognizing that people, more people, could come in. You know, and they're looking yeah. at Honkai Star Rail and, and uh, Genshin Impact and all of these time sucking free to play experiences. And they're thinking, well, we're spending all of this money on these massive games that are way better than these other things that are just ripping off ideas and making them free to play and repurposing. You know, there's some good work and all that stuff, but it's not as exciting as the originals that they are ripping off. And and they're thinking, well, how do we get people to pay attention to these things? How do we do this right? Mm -hmm. You know? I, I trust that that's the thinking at Xbox. And I, I certainly, you know, Matt and uh, I, Sarah, I don't think has had as long of a career in the industry, but I think she comes with a, with a great deal of respect. And I, I totally admire her and her presence and her perspective. But I, I definitely admire Phil and Matt. I've talked with Matt. Actually, I interviewed him a couple of years ago. He was terrific. He worked, came from Midway. You know, he, he's got his roots in it. And the thing that I think us on the outside don't always have time to consider is that their game is the industry, you know? What they are passionate about is building the business of games. Their their sim is projecting where this medium is going to go, you know, years from now, decades from now, and trying to plan for that. And they focus all of their attention on that. They don't focus... You know, in Phil's case, I think he's also a great consumer of this material, and he he likes to boast about that. But their focus, and I've seen this, you know, with executives that really believe in this business, their focus is to shepherd it and to figure it out and to kind of run mm -hmm. through these dif difficult 
times and they make mistakes. They don't do everything correct. And I don't know all of the financials on Game Pass for the developers. I don't know if if that's a, a win all the way. I think it's a win for yeah. consumers, just like I think the Nintendo uh, subscription is a win for consumers. And I think the PlayStation subscription is a win for consumers, mostly because it's less uh, barriers to play. Which tier of that PlayStation are we talking about? Which tier, yeah. The, 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 the middle one. The middle one. Yeah, middle I love one. that you bring up consumers <laughs> because, you know, we have to almost root for Xbox. I mean, I, I you know, if you put a yeah. gun to my head and you said, are you team blue or are you team green? You know, I've got more PlayStation games on my shelf right now just because, you know, yeah. Sony brainwashed me with their brand. Yeah. Just slightly more. I play my Series X all the time. I think it's an incredible machine. I think Game Pass. I love Xbox and I'm rooting for Xbox so much, but we as a player base, we have to really, you know, root for and support Xbox because, you know, as much as we joke around about the the console war and all that stuff, having competition in the space i think is really important i think having yep. xbox be part of of this conversation and, and with nintendo and playstation is is a win for all of us you know if we let even you know when we saw sony at their worst which, which was like probably e3 2006 you know where they had the famous 599 dollars all that was when sony was get a second job at the very top <laughs> Yeah, yes. <laughs> Sony was Sony was killing it. They were killing the GameCube with the PS2. They were killing the you know the initial Xbox launch, and they were overconfident and they were controlling the space, and they kind of fell flat. And it was a really good time for you know Nintendo and for Microsoft to shine. So, what I'm trying to make the point I'm trying to make is just in the long term, you know, we really need Xbox as a brand, and I hope that they realize that over there on the Xbox team without really just trying to phase it out and combine it with other things. Um, because at the end of the day, us gamers, we're going to be the winners, you know, with, with the more players that are involved in the space. Yeah, well, you know, what's interesting is like, you can see a future where the Xbox becomes a misnomer, right? You can see that Game Pass could supplant the idea of a physical machine that you buy. It is a conduit to that software, though, and I think if they make a portable, which they probably will, it's it's a, it is a way into that world. But I think the marketing and the messaging around who they are as a games company will transform from hardware to software. I think that's an inevitability. But the other thing mm -hmm. that is going to be true if they do this multi-platform thing, which is what's precipitated our conversation here is that every time they publish anywhere else, it is an advertisement for Game Pass. It is an advertisement to not spend on PlayStation, but buy Game Pass. And when they do Call of Duty, that will also be a huge um, uh, lesson that they will learn on that. Like what's the conversion based on people walking up to spend $100 here in Canada on, a, on, on the new Call of Duty game, or deciding, no, you know what? I'm going to put that $100 into my subscription with Game Pass and I'm going to get it on day and date. We're going to see some really interesting statistics. And I think we're going to see, just like we're going to see the influence that the Switch has had across the industry, we're going to see that lesson being learned. We already are in the PC space. I think it's inevitability that we're going to see it in, in, from Sony and, and Microsoft soon too. But we're also going to see the lessons that Microsoft delivers to the industry through game pass and its growth ripple throughout the business as well you know like nintendo may decide that backwards compatibility is a subscription thing you know um where you can play the classic stuff but you got to subscribe to it 
And um, yes, that could be bad, but it could also be really good if they came People out. People love with subscribing 20... to things. You know, well, <laughs> it's like, let's go. I, yeah, sure. I'll pay a couple extra bucks. Not, I don't want to just play seven games. I want to play them all. Um, I subscribe. It's my money. I'm not going to have the time to physically yeah. go in and play every game. But if I yeah. want the access to them, be great to have. Yeah. You know, that's why you never hear about mass layoffs at Nintendo. <laughs> but everywhere else. Seems to be slicing and dicing their teams in half. And you're like, guys, what are we doing here? Is it, do you think it's subscription-based? Do you think that it's uh, people... I think, I mean, I, like... I don't know. What is it? Well, you have, like, the Sony does it, right? With their yeah. top-tier subscription for PlayStation Plus. You're like, yeah, you have access to, like, the classic games. So it's a little bit like backwards compatibility. But I feel like it should just be that I still have my first-generation PS3. Yeah. We play those PS2, PS1 yeah. games with a little bit of up resin. It wasn't very difficult back yeah. then, guys. People and then again going back to when there was like six hundred dollars for a PlayStation. Now you got well, this phone's only twelve hundred dollars, but uh, you're like, well, that's cheap. This is not fifteen hundred dollars like it was. Yeah, I feel like they have the ability to do it. They can do it. It's just again, just there's I, not a lot of money in have, it, right? At the end of the day, they have the data. Like, yeah, yeah, they, they totally they, have the data. Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny. They know. You, you know, you say there's not a lot of money in it, but then like, how much is Game Pass a year compared to the value of the games you're getting? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, did Starfield mm-hmm. do hot numbers? I had Starfield downloaded on Game Pass. I, I don't feel like I paid for it. I have it on my Xbox, yeah. but it's like, did I contribute yeah. to the fact that the sales numbers weren't as high because I didn't go out and get a physical copy? No, because I don't have any physical copies of anything anymore. Right. I love that you brought that up, Jose, because, you know, you think about one thing we got to always remember, too, is like the consumers way smarter than people think, too. Right. The consumers are extremely Mm -hmm. smart these days. People are going to be looking at reviews day one. They'll be going to EP. They'll be looking at Vic doing a review on the run to see how Starfield did. And, you know, this is a rough economy right now. People are not going to be, you know, even subscribing to Game Pass or even like purchasing outright games. I think at the end of the day, you know, Microsoft. And the entire Xbox team, they have to start delivering on those first party titles to to help the Game Pass brand and to really push those numbers. Because I can't think of a single big hit that, you know, the Series X has had, to be not honest. E- with not you know, even I, Halo I, Infinite. I, Infinite was In, great, yeah, guys. It was know? amazing. It was a great game. It, but, yeah. but, but you know, this is this is not 2008. Like, I love Halo. It was, it was a yeah. big part of my childhood. But, you know, Halo is not the same thing that it used to be. It's not a... a, a a brand that pushes no. a console anymore. You know, we've we've kind of surpassed the first person shooter era. We need those, you know, extremely good RPGs, those single player experiences. You know, we can we've talked about this a million times. Like where yeah, I know Fable's coming, but why hasn't Banjo been revisited? Why hasn't the Conqueror series? You know, they own all these incredible IPs. I know they do. Which just yep. have not been able to to Mech bring Assault. Forward. Mech like Assault. look at how good it is. I was just gonna Mech say Assault. Mech Assault. Oh, yeah. Like, like look at how good Armored Core <laughs> Six was. That impossible. Exactly. Like, that was one of my favorite games of 2023, and that is the door open for Mech Assault to come back. Yes, I know it's frustrating. You can also point that, you know, that beam of light at. Uh, Sony and even Nintendo to some degree. It's like you're sitting on stuff yeah. that we want. Make new things. Where is a new F Zero? You know, where is a new Star Fox? Yeah. Uh, and hey, down F-Zero the list, ninety nine with... wasn't bad. Come on, Vic. It was great. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, you, you know, Days Gone too. Where is that, Sony? You know, there's a, there's yeah. a ton of things that you can kind of point to, and I think a lot of the answers to that is that development takes time and it takes a lot of money. Look at how long we've been waiting for Metroid Prime Four. But I I you're feel like right. 
the you know what's interesting is we're all collectors look at our backgrounds look at all the stuff that we have you know <laughs> and all of the points of interest that we have but i feel like uh, you know it isn't so much that we're in a bad economy we're in a rich leisure economy and we are inundated with so much entertainment choice we're over entertained and we have exhaustion by how much choice we have as players and consumers and you know, there's just a limitless buffet of things. And I think it's going to yes. be really important for consumers or for, for creators to build with that respect and with that knowledge and an appreciation of time. And I think time is that commodity. It's not the money. It's not the, you know, no. you know, if even if we're spending a thousand dollars in subscriptions a year, which is probably not out of the realm of possibilities for a lot of us. Three thousand dollars on glasses. Right. And and when you think about how much joy entertainment brings to a life, like, why do we work so hard? We want to be entertained yeah. in our life, you know, through escapism, through yeah. experience, through these different, through travel, through the fun that games provide and movies and comic books and all kinds of toy collecting, all this stuff provides us. That's why we work to go and have these experiences and to live good, fun lives. It's important. That's a great know? point. And, That's a really, really good point, because I feel like consumers are willing to pay for quality over yeah. quantity. And, you know, we have not, like, I, I feel like price tag almost doesn't matter if people know they're going to be getting a Spider-Man 2-like experience, a Ghost of Tsushima type experience. And it yeah. goes back down to what kind of experience like that has the Xbox platform really had where we were like, everyone needs to go play this game. You know, right. I can't really name. I love Halo Infinite. I love the Forza series. Those are consistently yeah. good. The Forza yeah. game. But I have Forza not Horizon had, was in there. You know that Forza yes, Horizon absolutely. was in Forza there. Forza Horizon, one of the greatest arcade games. Yeah, for racing. I, I think but one of what the issues has really with, pushed the needle. Yeah, well, I think one of the issues with Xbox is uh, directly comparing to what PlayStation has done. They have PlayStation has really doubled down on interactive movies. You know, they've really made yeah. these experiences that feel like like you're going to the cinema to enjoy God of War now which is a preposterous notion when you reflect on the roots of that franchise and what David Chaffee <laughs> and Corey Barlog did on the PlayStation 2. It does not feel like yeah. they went to sit with the same idea. And all of that you can link back to what Naughty Dog did with Uncharted and then especially with Last of Us. And Last of Us, I think, is a defining sort of crystallizing moment for PlayStation where they can bring all of their experience and access to storytellers across all media into the gaming space and balloon up IP like we've never even considered in the video game you space. You get 12 so, iterations of two games. <laughs> we, I well, have that, The Last of Us that, Part 1. Because they're so freaking expensive. Director's Cut yeah. Edition. Yes. Yeah. You guys the watched The Grounded Doc, right? Or the first, <laughs> last, the sixth, the sixth Last of Us Part 1 I played. So I, well, and, yeah. and what's amazing is that Naughty Dog defined this kind of modality, this kind of thinking on how you make games on the PlayStation 3, where they shipped four games. They shipped <laughs> all three Uncharted mm -hmm. first ones and, and Last of Us on one console generation. It's still it's mind blowing. But that is a, what typifies the PlayStation experience. Those are the most expensive games to make. They are insanely difficult to make, to blend narrative and storytelling or narrative and and gameplay that fluidly and that 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 expertly. 
it's really difficult. And, and Microsoft has not been able to match that yet. You know, I, I don't think it's out of their out of the realm of possibility. Nintendo Absolutely. has just gone off in their own direction, you know, but I, I, uh, I don't think that Microsoft's decision had necessarily been bad because one of the things that they have done is tap into sort of the hardcore gaming consumer, you know, the already in the club fan of games and given them a lot of choice across triple A like Grounded, which was a really, really cool game. Coming soon to uh, PlayStation. C Pardon me? Coming soon, Coming to, soon PlayStation. to PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. But they've also opened the door to a lot of independent games and, and you know, their idea at Xbox initiative has always been pretty damn cool. But through Game Pass, they give people a lot of access to, you know, and surprises like Pal World and stuff, you know? I think that that sort of platform has been really cool for players people that already know and sony has been making games that and this is you know as a tv producer this is what i was thinking the whole way across uh you know us transitioning from weekly video game tv to daily entertainment news magazine tv was that sony was making these things that transcend you'd look at this material and you put it on tv and it's like mm -hmm. anybody watching that is going to go holy shit look at how incredible video games are right now Microsoft needs to build to that to kind of really, uh, I think, draw people from outside of the sphere in. But what Microsoft mm -hmm. does deliver right now is a lot of stuff in the sphere that will keep a lot of people happy. But it's not at that that sort of S tier, you, you know, holy crap, look at the production qualities of this that Sony has been able to hit, you know? Yeah. Um, I, need a, I want a Sly Cooper TV show. I'm tired of asking for the game. <laughs> I know, right? I, I need an animated series, guys. Let's yeah. get it going. You know, Last uh, of Us TV's working. You've got your movie. You got your Uncharted movies. You got Twisted Metal killing it. Let's uh, get some. Uh, let's get something in there for the for the youths. Jack and Daxter yeah. TV show. Yeah, I'll take it. It is. It is. You got to really give. Sorry, you got you got to get a really good kudos right now to to the talent scouting over at. Nintendo and PlayStation with how well they're doing it because I love that you brought out the point of you know Sony just releases that one big game a year which I really think is a very risky model to be honest you know all it takes yes. is for two of them to completely bomb in a row which you know games are hard to make they're really hard to yep. produce so the fact that Sony's been able to kind of keep their brand so strong and alive with these massive multi-million dollar games but you know it's not like Microsoft hasn't been spending money and you know, I'm sure Starfield we heard that game was first announced, like, I know it was under the Bethesda umbrella, but over a decade ago, I want to say. And yeah. that couldn't have been a cheap game. It's a massive, massive game that I know is still being worked on and updated. It's just, there's just something that needs to be figured out with, I think, the, the, the teams that are put together and some of the talent scouting to make some of these IPs work. I think they have the talent. They're just maybe not, you know, putting all the pieces of the puzzle together properly because I feel like it's just been going on too long now where you know microsoft has just been unusing some of these incredible franchises yeah. that they're they're yeah. holding on to so yeah well you Fingers know it's crossed. not a it's not a um i mean look there's been layoffs at bungie there's been layoffs across mm -hmm. playstation studios and and cutbacks on live service games that were kind of announced and stuff it's 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 a it's shaky ground you know the mm -hmm. business is is always on ground that's moving it always is and tectonic the layoffs plates, if you will pardon me <laughs> tectonic plates if you will tectonic plates. welcome to california <laughs> yeah and and the layoffs are 
particularly uh, egregious right now because of the amount of people and the scale of uh, the numbers, but also our access to that information is pretty profound as well. I don't think we've always had that, but man, I've been doing this for so long. And I like, I think about Midway and Acclaim and some of these mega multi-million dollar video game yeah. juggernauts, even development Pandemic. studios. Pandemic. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, you know, tons yeah. of them over the time, over the, 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 the history of games that rise really fast and make amazing things like United Front Games. Like what an incredible story that that development studio yeah. is. And then they're poof, they're gone. And they matter in the moment, but we don't really take the moment to kind of appreciate wh why this is happening. Why is there? A, this is crazy. <laughs> you just making such a good point. That was that fantastic. Was <laughs> Preach, Mick. They were like, "You're right." <laughs> <laughs> the gods of Xbox ever. have blessed you, Mick. I don't know what's going. On. <laughs> That's so that nuts. Like, Phil Spencer just pressed that button. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, what point. is kind of cool? What is kind of cool though is that out of the, the, all three companies are different. You know, like they yes, they come at it from different directions and different perspectives and different experiences. They're all learning from each other. They're all casually, mm -hmm. you know, it's like they're they're uh, like, uh, I don't know, three tigers in a cage and they're all looking at each other, you know, like who's going to kind of pounce first mm -hmm. on stuff. But they, I think, have respect for the directions because you're right, Bear, like a couple of bombs and and shit hits the fan and all kinds of you know layoffs start happening and look look at embracer they didn't get the saudi money yeah. and you know they're hosed over there it's it's yeah, crazy yeah. And, and the other thing too and i look, just talked about the iphone and apple sitting there with all of this hardware and an ecosystem now where that you can buy Re resident evil 4 and you can play it on everything you own with apple <laughs> which is <laughs> kind of crazy like that yeah. hasn't happened before you know you haven't been able to buy a triple yeah, a thing like that from from apple and be, be able to like play this? it everywhere wow. yeah yeah and the fact that sony is sony has set the bar so high too like how is an incredible i personally think it's incredible a game like days gone considered a bomb for sony i know maybe it didn't right. push the numbers but those right. reviews give it like I feel like Days Gone was in, you know, a really incredible experience. I enjoyed it, and that was considered a, a big failure for Sony, and that was one of their big releases for that year. So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a incredible. very scary I, it, time for the industry. It, it's you know, it's games are getting more and more expensive. More and more people are yeah. getting laid off. So, we just you we have to do what we can to support and and you know to hope that we have as many players in this as possible. And well, I think let's pivot here. Because I think yeah. we have been Pivot. talking about differences and I think we have been talking about uh, the challenges and our concerns. How how does it get better? Let's solve everything right now. How does it get better? Foobs, <laughs> what, what are some key points that you would like to uh, to give to uh, the, the captains of industry at Sony and Xbox and, and PlayStation? I don't know, man. I, mean, I, I feel like if the answer was easy enough to solve on this podcast uh, they would already have that answer you know like it's like is the exclusivity thing a lost art you know like now that we have all these companies branching out you got ps5 or playstation games coming to the pc you got xbox yeah. games coming to these other consoles now nintendo's just saying hey guys we'll take whatever we don't really care we, we'll take some more games if you want to bring some games over to us i mean like enough of the battling let's just let's find like a is it going to come down to like the games, the consoles themselves are just going to be apps on things, mm -hmm. but you got the Xbox app has all the stuff that Xbox console has, except you can play it on your PC. You can play it on your steam deck. You can play it on your PS handheld thing. 
do we just get one do they just come together for a handheld maybe let's like let's try to put some stuff together on the x vita whatever you want to call it like mm -hmm. i i just i uh, do, do you do you think we should have more exclusives or do you think we should just get used to not having exclusives i mean it's such a it's such a again it's such a weird balance like i remember when there was like oh you the only on xbox experience like this only exclusive on playstation like and that was like the cool thing to have like i the reason i have this is because i can only play this here like i'm not going to be able mm -hmm. to play mario kart on my xbox that would be fantastic if i could play mario kart on my ps5 against my force of cars against my gran turismo cars <laughs> is 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 it is it the answer like do we do we i just i i miss when there was those like i miss having a back catalog again like i got my year end update at the end in december i was like here's what you played this year and this year last year was my least game played year granted because i was working a lot more but i miss those experiences of like you didn't get to play that like spider-man i'm gonna go play spider-man finally now i have a little bit more time but i, I miss having that like you this was january there was two or three games you missed there. February, there's a couple games here. Now it's just like oh, you missed like three games last year. You go back and play. Oh, you, I missed oh, three? you missed a lot more than that, bro. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I know I missed a lot, busy. but I feel like I, I, I know that. But I mean, you're always busy. But I, I, I missed that time where there was just like when we were doing reviews on the run, we we're reviewing three, four, five games a week. I know, I know. Getting back to those mm -hmm. games of like, yo, this was so good, but I only got a couple days to play it, and then I had to move on to the next thing. I feel yeah. like there was just. There used to be hit after hit after hit. There was a few I, misses. But I don't, I, I don't know if it, if it was yeah, the crapeteers. I don't know if it was the exclusivity battle and the sort of console war mentality that was furnishing that much content for us to engage with. Yeah. I think that there was more diverse risk in sort of double A experiences across the business and people trying there was a limited amount of um channels to get your game out the internet wasn't as proliferate uh you know smartphones and free-to-play stuff hadn't taken over really in terms of people capturing people's attention but i to the point of exclusivity i think that there is an interesting court case that's happening right now an ongoing one with Fortnite and epic and apple right sort of tackling the heart of exclusivity and exclusive kinds of relationships with content creators that epic is fighting for and uh i don't really have a comment on on who's right or who's wrong but there's a there's a court battle right now happening around that and the other thing around exclusivity and the way that people look at celebrating babe. it yeah Make those points. <laughs> i love the it thing, i love it you're right <laughs> and and the other thing that's happening is uh, when you really dig into this idea of exclusivity like the playstation 5 and the xbox series x are so similar in architecture and the silliness of this these the the closed wall between them is kind of analogous to thinking, well, Sony wouldn't publish a Spider-Man uh, 4K Blu-ray if it could be played of a movie, if it could be played on Xbox. I mean, what's the difference when you really think about it? What, what, and why have we got the business to this point where a content maker is determining where i mean there certainly you can look at network television and streaming apps and things like that and the licenses that they have and everything but they're all, the other side of it is why would you want your book to not be on this 
store shelf printed you know, in different or, languages <laughs> you know yes. yeah i think, I think yeah. it goes back to to eco <laughs> ecosystems a little bit right you know there's people who are you know subscribed to apple music and never have touched spotify because they're so integrated in that apple ecosystem and they want to stay mm -hmm. within that family plan yeah you know I, I feel like if it comes down to me i really i think nintendo has the answer i think i understand that they're playing their own game they're kind of in their own space here but i think you know, you look at what Nintendo is doing and they're releasing these 20 hour exclusive, you know, experiences like Super Mario Wonder and they're releasing multiple games a year that might not all be of crazy large AAA quality, but they're really fun games. Yeah. They're, they're really incredible experiences and they're creating this incredible family to represent the brand. You know, I always think or, back or of, families, you know, just which a, is the other part of it or too. families. It's Yes. yes. Yeah. But we 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 were just at PAX uh 2023 which Vic, you know, hosted the musical there. It was an incredible show, but just walking around that and Nintendo had their own floor there and just seeing yeah. all of the IPs, the Mario, the Smash Brothers, the Kirby, the Pikmin, yep. it was incredible to see this family come together and you see the fan base is just proud to be yep. a Nintendo and, owner. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, I, right. and I I feel like it, it's very important to create that family and that's why I believe heavily in exclusives because you're you're I'm saying mm. this word a lot, guys. But the brand affinity, you're creating that brand, people to be proud of owning that brand and being a part of that brand. I think that's extremely important. There's a reason why people go out and they only buy Nike shoes for the rest of their life, right? It's just because right, they, they've right. gotten them wired to to not even think twice about what team they're going with. A, a shoe is a different discussion point is, than is, yeah. <laughs> than a piece of entertainment, though. Right. Some shoes yeah, are very know. entertaining. They are very entertaining. <laughs> so and and honestly, shoes, I think but that's ex that's precisely the kind of thinking that got the business into this console war kind of mentality all the way along. And the thing that I learned about console wars, because Barry, you're too young for you know being marketed to on the Sega Genesis <laughs> and the Super Nintendo, but oh, yeah. I was all in on the Sega Nintendo, Genesis. Don't I remember that? Yeah, well, yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. your parents were but making I, I the just, buying I come decision. From the, <laughs> yeah, <they were. laughs> I, I just, I personally come from the, I don't like, I, I think it's okay to to have multi-plat. I, I love the fact that they're multi-platform. And there's some games, I mean, this was all really thought out well by Microsoft. I feel like games like Hi-Fi Rush, like Grounded, like Sea of Thieves, I think those are actually incredible choices to yes. put on either platform. But I am a big believer of having those big hits that represent the brand and the brand name. And right. the moment that Halo does come to other consoles, in my opinion, I feel like the Xbox brand is is just something else now. Like we are yeah. going, we're going full Game Pass. You know, we're going full games for Windows. I don't know what what we want to call it, but we've kind of trickled into the other sphere because we when you when we say the word Xbox, you know, we think of the 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 Halos, the the Fables, you know, right. maybe the Crimson Skies if you're old school, you know, like. And and I think that's very important. I think companies like <laughs> companies mm. like Nintendo have really trickled that down, right? I I can't tell you the amount of gamers that I know that it is amazing. Just an yeah, it is amazing that they have that the Sony and Microsoft haven't like really gone at Nintendo and really like yeah. imagine if Xbox spent instead of the sixty nine million dollars for at the Activision Blizzard IP and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, billion. Did I say a million? You did. 
Okay, billion. <laughs> Dummy. Well, imagine if they. That's it, sorry, that's like it's not even <laughs> know, a billion. That's, that's not even that's one lunch. billion. <laughs> yeah, it's lunch for uh, yeah for like two days for their whole team now. Uh, <laughs> for but, answer, yeah. yeah, but imagine if they spent that much money on uh, making family friendly software and yeah. uh, like a whole suite of games that cost the same amount of money. Because I would imagine sixty nine billion dollars in American funds transposed to development expenses at Nintendo is probably enough to fund 15 years of games from yes. Nintendo first party. Yes. Like, imagine <laughs> yeah. you take that money yeah. and you buy, 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 buy the ColecoVision library, buy the Vectrex yeah. library, give us, be the owners of the, those experiences and deliver something for the retro gamers out there. Be like, listen guys, we bought the entire backlog of, you know, original, Atari games or whatnot. And now yeah, you can just go yeah. ahead and we have access to that. It's now on Game Pass. Every one of those games. I mean, if you're going to yeah. retrofit your console to be able to play these retro games anyway, listen, we spent, yeah. a, I mean, a, yeah, you know how many old games you can get for a billion dollars? You can buy up some of those franchises. All of buy them. Up some of those entire yeah. collections for just one of, of the $69 billion. Yeah. Like, it's yes. just unfathomable yeah. to me to think like you buy one company. Well, they're, and they're the games thinking haven't Fortnite, really, guys. They're thinking I mean, like, look what Fortnite just did. The other thing yeah. that we haven't talked about, and and I I am shocked how much I am thinking about Fortnite right now. I went to that Fortnite <laughs> event in uh, December, and it was amazing. You know, like the yeah. the thinking to bring in Rock Band and Lego and and Rocket Racing, and thinking about how much we all loved Rocket League, and you know, Stephen Raju, I remember reviewed it. I don't know if you and Ben reviewed it as well, and everybody blown away. And that was an acquisition on Epic's part, but Fortnite is. Un, it's irrefutable. It's just an unstoppable force at this point. You go into the mm -hmm. thing and, and and it's like, uh, uh, you, you know, you've got the marketplace and you can play all the so user-generated material in addition to these really refined experiences using the assets. And, and like the other day, I actually yeah. spent money in Fortnite. I bought all the turtles. I was like, I, I have Ooh. my Who amazing. Who are you? I know, I know. Who are you? I have my, yeah, this my is incredible <laughs> NECAs right back Ew. there. I love, I love I got, those. And I thought, I got my Ninja yeah. Turtle tattoo right there. You guys can't see it. Yeah. I, and I, I freaking oh, love the turtles. You know. And I thought, yes, okay, yeah. I, I'm against this microtransaction kind of universe that we're in. But and I don't play Fortnite that often. But when you do, ever. which turtle are you? You but know? I never bought yeah. any of the other stuff. I didn't buy the Batmans or the Superman or, or the Star Wars stuff. It all looked cool to me, but I just thought, okay, you know, I, I hardly play it. But then the Turtles came up and uh, I'm Michelangelo and, and the Turtles came up and I'm like, you know what? It's kind of like a digital action figure in this thing. And you can play as the oh, Lego Turtle you. in Lego Fortnite. And they don't even have Lego mm -hmm. Turtle sets. They did a different deal with the Turtles for another build a, a toy line. I don't even know. Uh, and you can play as the yeah, turtles I, on stage and Fortnite festival and they can drive in the racing thing. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll spend 50 bucks and buy this, which is insane to me, but <laughs> that's what that's Xbox the... is thinking, you know? And, and now they just did this deal with Disney. What the hell does that mean? What does Epic and Disney mean? Indiana Jones, star Wars, all the Marvel stuff, all the Disney characters, whatever mm -hmm. else they got in the pipeline, you know? They own yeah. the Rocketeer. They own every, like so many freaking brands. We're gonna get Fortnite Land in Disneyland very soon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, why not? It's good. I mean, you know, I mean, you saw what Nintendo Land, Super Nintendo yep. World does at uh, Universal. 
Yes. Can you, I mean, you can only yeah. imagine the amount of money that will be printed if Disney's like, what if we did like a Fortnite? That's what Matt Booty was talking about, you know? And I'm I'm certain that they're thinking, I, I, I'm not a big fan of this Halo TV show that's on Paramount+, Plus, but it exists, mm -hmm. and it exists outside the confines of Halo as a, as a game. I think a big reason why Halo isn't in the conversation like Destiny is in the conversation is because it's confined to a platform. It's confined to a way of thinking. And I think if you're making a show and you're thinking about toy lines and you're thinking about theme parks and, and you have to think beyond all of this stuff. And Sony is definitely thinking like that right now, too, with the Absolutely. TV shows yeah. and the Uncharted movies. And now Nintendo is, too, you know, and it will trickle like if Xbox comes out and and shatters our understanding of what the the history of the video game industry is and what the exclusives relationship is and you buy this ecosystem and you get this software they shatter that and deliver stuff that that registers registers across a whole bunch of different screens this this true xbox play anywhere and their stock price surges and and uh the engagement is through the roof and they do all kinds of other ancillary deals and sony continues along their track how is nintendo and its shareholders gonna avoid that forever you know how do mm -hmm. we get to a point where Nintendo doesn't go, you know, like we are on mobile already. Maybe we should have some stuff on on PC, you know, and I think that's the first. And honestly, like the 10 million for Spider-Man 2 should be 20 million because they've released it on PC on the day on day one. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, how was that eating into its market share? I, it's like it, and it's such an it was my game of the year. It's an incredible experience. Spoilers, foobs. Uh, and you know that, and and it's also one of the most recognizable characters on planet Earth. Why lock that? Why not tether it? You know, and why not yeah. have it playable in the movie theaters when people go to make uh, Spider Verse a, a cultural phenomenon in the summer, becoming one of the biggest animated features of all time and one of the best ever made? You know, but we're still. Yeah, I think I think the conversation goes path. back to. Yeah, I think I think Sony and Nintendo are a little bit more focused on selling hardware more than than Microsoft is. But I think you made a, a fantastic point, Vic. I think I don't think AAA titles and these multi-million dollar titles are really are the future. You know, I think that Sony might learn a lot here from the Helldivers 2 success right now that we're seeing yeah. with this $50, yeah. $40 game in the States, uh, you know, doing so well and being a PlayStation. There's probably a smaller team for Helldivers 2 as well. I think that we might need to see more experiences like that kind of start showing up on some of these platforms. Like you said, like some of these, yeah. I don't even, Fortnite was a multi-million dollar idea, but I still always think back, Vic, when we were working together, 2016 of E3, and you yeah. were interviewing, I think it was the creative director of Fortnite, and you were like, what in the world is this game? Boob shot that. Yeah, so yes, shot, shot that. that. That's right, yeah. It was <laughs> on the last day of E3. Franchise turned into. Yes, yeah. and he was totally beat up the guy that i was talking to i was tired as hell foods was tired <laughs> as hell and we didn't know what the hell we shot it on my iphone and had it like tethered into the mic the mic tethered into the thing and we didn't know what the hell we were getting into it was fun nick chester was working there he was the guy that we said hello yeah. to and it's all good people and uh yeah uh yeah shot that interview didn't have a hope in hell that it was <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, look, okay, so shooting and I have to Let's... build houses? Ah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, prior to that, guys, like uh, two or three years earlier, that's what the gist of the interview was. Uh, and I'll link it in the uh, in in this podcast. But the gist of the interview was this is very different than what you guys showed me and the other E3 judges like four years ago or whatever. Like I saw it yeah. so freaking early and it was weird and it was, you know, kind of spooky. And it was I, I, it was kind of like a tower defense shooter. Like it was just a very yes. different thing. And then it ends up becoming yeah. this unstoppable juggernaut. juggernaut. It's it's yeah. it, it is the battle, it's beyond the battle the royale mode. That was like an afterthought for the game, right? That was like yeah. a, that was like an addition that they added like literally the last second. It's just the mechanics were so good that the game blew up. So nobody yeah. expected Fortnite. I remember like Cliff Cliffy B was on Fortnite, I think, from the very early phases. Was he not? Like I, I believe was, so. Yeah. I, that, that game was just it evolved so much as as it went on, but that's how when, some when of that, these life service games go. Totally, and when that Disney news hit, Cliffy uh, tweeted, "I left too soon." <laughs> 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 you know, and we don't even know what yeah. the video game industry is going to be like. From you yeah. know, all, all we can predict is Nintendo will double down on the learning and the technology that they've done and deliver a truly beautiful world class handheld mm -hmm. hybrid console which i am dying to yeah. see i can't i you know I, i'm sorry the switch is my favorite console as much as i love what playstation has been doing and and uh xbox has been doing and all of their different permutations the switch is still my favorite machine because of its flexibility and especially for a person like myself that's on the road and has been traveling i remember the launch year of the switch um we went to con like almost like a like weeks after it came out to go to MIPCOM and talk to TV people about their work. And and Blake and I were on planes, trains and automobiles with our switches in awe yeah. playing Zelda, yeah. you know, like just never losing a step in, in this stuff. And what amazing right. lessons that machine taught the industry as well, you know, and I, I feel somewhat similar I just reviewed this iPhone, uh, the 15 Pro Max, and I feel that similar kind of sense of like wonder that I can go from playing it on my MacBook Pro. Did we get a thumbs up? I'm playing playing like Death Stranding again, which is amazing to see in context of the the uh, Death Stranding too. Oh, I froze. You did can, with a big okay, thumbs up, up, just right there. I gotta, <laughs> hold on, I got to unplug and plug back in. The, the gods of Xbox are coming back to get to get Vic. Wait, wait, he's, he's talking about Nintendo. Cut him off. Cut him off. <laughs> Cut him off. Back, back to the Xbox. Box to get the place. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, you know it's great. I've I've just reviewed this iPhone 15 Pro. This is the project that I worked on this week, and it's that similar kind of thing. Playing Death Stranding one again uh, on my MacBook Pro, and it looks insane. Like it just looks so beautiful with the metal upgrades and everything like that, and. Uh, the resolution of the laptop screen and then bouncing and playing it again or playing, you know, picking up and playing it on the uh, on the iPhone. Uh, it's crazy. It's too small. It's squinty. But I think about the idea of, you know, what does the iPad throw into this mix? And then as this Vision Pro keeps iterating and yeah, who knows if it's ever going to be a success, but if it gets down to glasses size, I think that that will be eye eyes, pretty man. damn That's exciting. What, how do you not call it eye eyes? Eye eyes. Yeah. This is my eye eyes. Eye eyes. <laughs> so Bear, you would like to see the industry continue to double down on exclusives and take a page from Nintendo's playbook, but deliver more throughout the year. So smaller scale and maybe AI becomes a, an equation in that but more exclusives tied to your platform. 
Um, and maybe more, uh, also from Nintendo, more software that appeals to a broader age group. Because I think a lot of yeah, what we I see as exclusives on the other machines are all for adults, you know? And I, I don't know if that's been doing these companies a service. Yeah, you know, I, I do, you know, not all AAA titles need to be what represents the brand. I don't think exclusives is the complete answer. I do think it's a smart move having some of these live service games, like I said, <clears throat> like the Sea of Thieves, like, um, you know, the the Groundeds. I think those are really smart choices to put into other machines. But I do think that exclude the exclusives are important. I don't, I don't think, I think a brand starts to lose its name when it starts to trickle out on every other platform, even though that might be the future. But I think we just got to see what Nintendo does because if they're, they're clearly doing something right. 150 million units, like yeah. they are, they're killing it and, and they know what they're doing. And I don't think that they plan on releasing Mario on the Xbox, you know, anytime soon. So it, I the think... only thing that changes is if Xbox has like a series of Fortnites, you know, of, of scalable yes. wins that that uh, the whole business goes, what? OK, well, I guess yeah. we do it this way now. <laughs> and, and and you you talked about, you know, playing the switch with Blake and you still play the switch all the time, Vic. And I love I know it, yeah. you have much more. I know, I know you have much more powerful machines. You know, you've, you've got the Steam Deck. I know you had the Asus Ally, ROG Ally. Yep. Yep. Um, but you still go back to that Switch. And why do you go back on that Switch, Vic? Because software. you love the games that Nintendo makes. The software is number one. And we yep. can never forget that. The Switch is a dated machine now, but we still all play it because the damn games Nintendo releases are so freaking good that we can't drop that machine and we, we're playing it more than our Steam decks a lot of the time. Yeah. So we can never forget that that software sells the hardware and that's what creates that brand and that loyalty that Nintendo yeah. has. You know, sometimes I sometimes I call the Nintendo fan base a cult because they're they are they will literally buy anything that Nintendo like Nintendo can release a Wii U game like 30 times in a row and everyone gets super excited about it. Um yeah. because they they've just they've created that brand, they've created that following, that love for it. Um but it's an incredible thing to see and it's such something that I feel like Microsoft, not that they need to try to be Nintendo, but they can learn a thing or two from from what these these brands are doing that they're doing. It so is well. amazing to see Nintendo do that and to do things like uh, Metroid Prime remastered, and then to mm -hmm. equate the amount of money that Microsoft has been spending, and to think why aren't they doing more to bring back what they already own? You know why yeah. aren't they doing more? Taking that exact methodology and applying it to their own ip that they already own why aren't they doing that it is yeah. kind I mean, of insane we got, we got the halo master chief collection yeah but oh, it's more incredible. of that i love it too you know yeah yeah like yeah. they could release yeah, that, that an was xbox it. That's all, that's all and, and <laughs> they could release an original xbox collection of remasters you know they could go yeah. back and take a rare rhythm. replay yeah totally and, and yeah, but I it's mean, a that, cross that yeah, across a lot of titles that we haven't seen in a while. I mean, and some of them are already in engine remastered just by backwards compatibility, which I applaud Xbox yeah. to do. But Foobs, uh, do you share that sentiment then? The exclusives are super important to you're concerned about what, what Xbox is doing strategy-wise. Is there another key to this that you think the games industry should be doing, the companies? Yeah, no, I mean, I no, I, I agree. Like, I think that, you know, that's what people, people, when they were in the throes of like, this is my console and this is the reason why they had that 
that you know they had that title it, sometimes it wasn't the biggest title sometimes like sometimes yeah. it was that summer of arcade the xbox used to do way back in the day those were amazing that like, should come wow, back new games yeah. all every week i'm getting new little hits and sometimes you get a spelunky out of those yeah it defines your twitch channel boobs cannot go with a single episode of the big basement without bringing up spelunky a single time i thought we were gonna finally close out an episode probably the greatest summer of arcade release was spelunky no like having little things like that i feel like it was such a cool little thing because playstation people weren't getting that summer of arcade those little you know those those and that's how people got introduced to a lot of these indie titles that ended up blowing up and be like well i might not have ever taken a look at that if it didn't get highlighted in this little brief moment of time yeah uh again wasn't they weren't the most triple a titles but sometimes it was just that's all you needed to be like i got this and this is such a cool little thing let me spend some some of these gamer coins or whatever the hell xbox used to call it yeah um yeah i mean i I don't know like i don't know what the answer is to to figure everything out but as i just want i just want those those hitters man i'm like again they don't have to be triple a but give me a yeah, spelunky three the, like if you we, want come this on, Moss, now. yeah Play spelunky two for a while now, guys you gotta hit me up just need that spelunky three i need a little spelunky <laughs> three guys right in my, right in my michelangelo tattoo uh, you know it, it it's yeah. uh it's I mean, we're talking about how to to fix the games industry right now you know that that perpetual conversation I think Vic Spaceman in 2008 and nine would be like, they should slow down. <laughs> they shouldn't have so many amazing <laughs> games. So many big, yeah. I only have so, so there, much money, guys. Yeah, there is this ongoing convo about, uh, uh, you, you know, how do we fix it? But then I think in, in every direction, we can look around at these unbelievable successes, you know, and, and how mm-hmm. much we have to engage with and how much we have to enjoy and and weird dynamic shifts as well, like thinking that The Last of Us Part Three might be a show before it's a game. You know, it might be the, the story. It? Yeah, because it's the story you know, on TV before you get. The- right. You know, if they're not ready to go with The Last of Us Part Three after the second season goes, the second season, the third season has to go a year later. And that might, I mean, that's just a totally interesting dynamic. And and the game may lift on story and narrative choices from the show and take us in totally different directions. We haven't been in a world like that before. It's a very interesting mm-hmm. kind of time for that. Depends, depends on how George finishes the Game of Thrones books. If we ever get around, it could be completely different. I don't know. Yeah. It could end completely yeah. different. Well, you know, it's yeah, what's the, kind the of truth cool. Is the- no, the Go truth ahead, is, we don't. None of us have the answer, right, Vic? Is, no. is we are getting into this really strange realm of of cloud gaming really being the future, and maybe yeah. Microsoft is making the right prediction, and they're just you know moving the step forward before everyone else is. So, you know, we're gonna really see how these next few years unfold, and 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 what cloud gaming and all this stuff brings us. You know, we might start yeah. having just Game Pass apps on our TV, and and these machines just start disappearing slowly, but. Um, that's yeah, what if, what know, if we, game we thought pass that was, was coming with Sadie? What if Game Pass was playable? Like you logged into Game Pass and you ran around as a character and you went, I mean, that's the metaverse, but you ran around kind of Fortnite like and you and it, you logged in yeah, and you started to play and you started to, ch- yeah, or whatever. You know, what if Game Vic, Pass was Vic, that was that, that's called PlayStation Home that came out in 2006. All right, that was, <laughs> uh, I know all the ideas have, about have 15 years, been attempted. Like 20 years later, I know. 
But I'm thinking like Fortnite is also another thing that you can look at and go, well, this is how you do it. It's funny, right? You can look at Nintendo and go, well, this is how you do it. You can look at PlayStation and go, well, this is how you do it. And you can look at Xbox and go, well, this is how you do it. And I think that mm -hmm. that, that uh, uh, choice is the new console war. You know, the, the different decisions that they're all taking is the new way. And there's no wrong, you know, like you're yeah. going to have tons of choice and tons of fun whichever direction that you go, but it's different and it's similar. Yeah. Pardon me? Yeah. There's a little bit of something for everyone. Yeah. But I think the one commonality is more investment in the preservation of all of this, especially if we're moving into all yeah. digital. And I, I think it's Xboxes um, because they are so committed to this Game Pass idea. It's really them that has to take up the lead. And I think you're right, Foobs. Yeah. Like, go back and acquire some libraries, you know? If I mean, you, you know, got the, get all you the graphic stuff. Multiple bill, yeah. yeah. You've got the billions of dollars. Like, yes. you can buy a studio or you can buy a collection of preservational, at, like, that get would be the, such get a Get the Dreamcast library. Get the, oh, uh, yeah. Man, like, you know, go back you, and get them all. Right. Could you imagine, like, you can already play Genesis games on your Switch. Cool little yep. feature. But if Microsoft went ahead and said, listen, we went to Sega, you can acquire them for, Dirt cheap. Okay, they got a yeah. lot of hits they're still making. But you can Well, it'll be subscription. Yeah, it'll be a monthly fee. But, yeah. but I mean, as long as they don't disappear, because that's yeah. the other fear that everybody has. Like if you open that that door, don't don't disappear them. You know, you're a three yeah. trillion dollar company, ensure that they're gonna be there forever. You know? Right. Yeah. And just I, yeah. mean, I love can... that you guys bring that up. That's a that's a really good point that a lot of the industries having right now is with just digital purchases. They're not even talking about yeah. subscription is you know yeah when we go into this you know digital only future you know five six seven years from now will i still be able to download this game we need to be we need to have full transparency on right. what you actually own because you know right. we're seeing the 360 store shut down i mean the ps3 store almost shut down i think the the 3ds and wii u eShop just shut down a year ago you yeah. know and people had purchases had these digital purchases that are lost forever you can never you know get that money back or you know if you have kids in the future, re-experience those games, you know, that's going to be the inevitable future that we might go into. So we, they, sh they like should be like a rent to own to kind of idea. There should be like a rent yeah. to own, like you've been paying your subscription. And then if a game is going to be taken off, Microsoft should game say, uh, well, this I don't know. You should get a discount. Soon, you, know? you should get think, a discount though. Not, not that it's pass, leaving. Isn't it a little... I, I don't know, but it 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 should, especially if it's going to be delisted, there should be an opportunity yeah. to go back to the consumer. You've got one month to spend X yeah. amount of money to download it, and you'll you'll be able to back it up and store it and be able this to play is attached it. Attached to this account, forever. I can see that yeah. you made the purchase. I want to yeah. play Techno Kitten Adventure on my Xbox Series X. Can't do it. Yeah. Why not? Why don't I <laughs> plug bullshit. in my 360 to get yeah, my Techno Kitten no. Adventure? I want to play Captain America First Avenger on, on the Series X and, and to have that frame rate juiced. I want to play Mod Nation Racers on my PS5 okay. and and uh, um, the MotorStorm games, which all suffered mm -hmm. from frame rate and loading issues on PS3. They were excellent games. They play beautifully today. Let's do it. Let's stick that stuff on these mm -hmm. machines. You know, The Vita library should be on uh, PlayStation wow. 5. The whole Vita library, yeah. and it should be a beautiful fit with the portal, you know, or whatever the next hardware is going to be from Sony. Maybe that's what they're thinking of right now. Anyways, you don't have that rear touch though. You don't have that rear we, touch, you know. I know we di we didn't solve it, 
but there's lots to love <laughs> and there's lots to talk yeah. about. And uh, it's a treat to be able to do that with you guys. Um, and I'm going to have you back soon. That's not all right. It's been a pleasure. As soon as you let us out of the basement. We solved the industry. Basement's forever. We're literally sitting right over there. I can see you sitting right over there. Wouldn't that be amazing? Because like we we pull back and we're all right beside each other. That would be just three parts. We do have similar looking backdrops. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. We were here the whole time. Uh, You guys are the best. I love you both. Happy, uh, happy 2024. We will talk soon. Let's see if we can have a celebration. Come on, Zoom. Celebration. Well, I don't know what happened. You didn't say anything good about Xbox. You got to say something good about Xbox. It's true. It's every Xbox thing. That Phil Spencer is a genius, and I can't wait to see what fireworks he has in store for 2024. (laughs) All right, you guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for chatting me with all this. I definitely want to hear what you guys think. Let me know in the comments below, or leave us a review and let me know if you're listening to this in audio form. Thanks for... uh, paying attention to Vic's Basement, supporting the show, and sharing it with your friends and family. We will see you soon, and until then, play forever. Play forever.